1: Well, good morning, everybody. It is six minutes past nine o'clock. Here in Western North Carolina, welcome to a Friday morning wake-up call. It's December the 22nd, 2023, our last show before Christmas. Um, and uh, boy, the news broke overnight. The, uh, the suspense is over as uh, uh, the picture that everybody wanted so bad, uh, Yoshi Yamamoto signs with the Los Angeles Dodgers. The report is it is for 12 years, $325 million. Everybody was talking it was going to be in the $300 million range. There were reports that the uh, Yankees and the Mets and the Phillies had uh, given offers out to his camp. The, the I guess the I, I don't know whether it's surprising, it's it's annoying if this is true is that Yamamoto wanted the Dodgers from the beginning. So essentially it means that all the other teams uh, were basically wasting their time, you know, going out to uh, Los Angeles like the Red Sox did and having him in Steve Cohen had him in at his house in New York and the the Yankees met with him a couple of times. Look, I understand that this is a negotiating ploy by his agent, but it sounds like somebody was probably going to have to throw $500 million at this kid to get him to sign anywhere but Los Angeles. Uh, and now he joins Shohei Ohtani. And and let's remember Ohtani, who uh, deferred so much of his salary to make it possible for the Dodgers to go out and throw this kind of money at this kid. And now they've got him, and God knows what else they're going to do. and. It's Look, if you are a fan of anybody other than the Dodgers, the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Mets, uh, you know, the teams that have money, the Phillies, it's got to be maddening as hell. You know, and I don't know what the – you know, supposedly the, the idea behind the whole luxury tax was to try to level the playing field. But what we have found out is that these teams that are loaded don't care about the luxury tax. They really don't. Because we have seen we saw the Mets last year didn't just didn't just exceed it. They blew by it into the next galaxy. You know, and we see that teams regularly doing that and it doesn't always translate into championships. Look what look how much money the Padres spent last year. Look, having Yamamoto and Otani doesn't guarantee the, the the Dodgers are going to win, but it's, you know, if it, other teams right now, fans of other teams are just throwing their hands in the air. And fan, Red Sox fans, you know, because I'm a Red Sox, you know, supporter, I follow them pretty closely, and people have been losing their ever-living minds on social media over the whole Yamamoto thing and about, and, the, you know, Well, we hired Craig Breslow. He's done nothing. We could have just kept Bloom. You know, what difference does it make? It's all on John Henry. He doesn't want to spend money. Look, here's the deal. Everybody knew Yamamoto was the prize here. And, yes, there have been some pitchers that have signed, right? I mean, uh, but pardon me if I don't get too carried away. You know, people people talking about, you know, with the exception of an Aaron Nola and a Sonny Gray. Those are the only guys that have signed that, you know, you'd say, okay, those guys are, you know, premier pitchers. The other guys that have signed, Eduardo Rodriguez, Kenta Seth Lugo, Tyler Molly. Excuse me if I don't get too carried away that, oh, my God, you know, the Red Sox missed out on those guys. You know, Jack Flaherty, Lance Lynn, Kyle Gibson. You know, these aren't the guys that are going to move the needle for the Red Sox. You know, unfortunately – The free agent market for pitchers isn't that strong. So, who's left if you're a Red Sox fan? Who do you hang your hat on? Who do you say, you know, uh, John Henry, you got to open up the checkbook? Who's it for? Blake Snell? And I understand Blake Snell's one, two Cy Youngs, but Blake Snell walks way too many people. He doesn't, I mean, he just, he doesn't have, uh, he can't keep guys off the bases. And I understand he had great numbers last year. I get it. But he also pitched in Petco. Pitching in Fenway is going to be a little bit different. As a left-hander, he's going to see a lot of righties, and they got that left field wall, and, you know, it's a lot shorter distance out to left field than it is to right field in Fenway Park. That's why lefties have traditionally not fared that well at Fenway. So... You know, so who's left? So Blake Snell, what Jordan Montgomery, another lefty. I mean, you know, it, b- pardon me, and I understand he had a great year with with Texas and he pitched well in the postseason. I, he look, he doesn't do anything for me. Marcus Stroman, Sean Manaya. I mean, the the pro- the problem is, if you're a Red Sox fan now, it was Yamamoto or bust. That's the way everybody seems to be looking at it. And now you look at the guys that are left, and you go, meh. Look, here's the best deal that the here's the best thing the Red Sox can do. They've restocked their 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 uh, farm system, so they have some chips to move. You've got to go to Chicago, and Chicago has indicated the ability to to go for uh, prospects before, and they have a history of dealing with the Red Sox. You got to go to the Chicago White Sox and say, "All right, we need Dylan Cease. What's it going to take?" Right, I mean, you know, they've already they've already shown that they're they're up open to the idea. If you're the Red Sox, you got to go and you got to try to get Dylan Cease. You want to get my attention? That's what you got to do. Uh, there is some news that Houston would be pr- possibly open to trading Framber Valdez. They're looking to move some payroll. They want to cut payroll a little bit. So maybe a guy like Valdez for one of those young Red Sox outfielders. Maybe that moves the needle. You know, you got to – look, you know, we talk about all these great Red Sox young players that are coming, but it's still a crapshoot. And if you're the Red Sox right now, your best bet is not the free agent market, in my opinion. It's it's Dylan Cease. If you can get Frambert Valdez from Houston and you throw him into the current guys that they have, you, you know, so now all of a sudden a guy like uh, Chris Sale your number three starter. I could deal with that, right? You know, Nick Pavetta and Brian Bayo are your fours and fives. I could deal with that. I could work with that. You know? Um, I think that's their best bet right now. You know, I just – I don't get excited about guys like Blake Snell and Jordan Montgomery. I just don't. And I don't think they would be difference makers in Boston. So uh, – but things are going to happen fast now. Uh, if you're a fan of a lot of – Christmas is coming and you're going to get something in your stocking and you got to hope it's not coal. But uh, I think now that Yamamoto has dropped, we're going to see the Yankees, the Mets, the Phillies, the Red Sox, everybody's going to be like, you know, it's going to be monopoly money for everybody around Major League Baseball because they've got to do something to try to bolster uh, their rotations. The Yankees need help. You know, the Red Sox need a lot of help. You know, the Red Sox, position-wise, outside of second base, I think the Red Sox, position-wise, are in good shape. But they have got to do something about that pitching staff. They cannot afford another year of what we've had to deal with there. So, But 12 years, $325 million. And, uh, you know, I saw a meme this morning. I think it was on Reddit. uh, And it shows the Dodger front office, and it was, you know (laughs) – it was uh, the Dark Lord from Star Wars. You know, they're the new evil empire, maybe more than the Yankees. Because they just, uh, you know, it's just they just don't care. So, uh, you know, but now it's over, so we'll see. I would imagine this next week we're going to see a lot of chess pieces uh, coming off the board. Uh, NFL action last night. Uh, we've got Dan Sopano coming up here in a few minutes. We taped the interview last night because Dan was traveling. Uh, last night and today for Christmas, so uh, we had to tape it last night, so we didn't mention this game last night, but uh, uh, the Los Angeles Rams uh, beat the uh, New Orleans Saints last night 30-22. to The uh, Saints made it interesting at the end, got it back within 8. Puka Nakua, huge game, uh, had a career-high 164 yards receiving. Uh, Matthew Stafford, 328 yards passing, a couple of touchdowns, and the Rams now 8-7, and seven, and the Rams are coming. Uh, They're, they're, as of right now, they're the number six seed in the playoffs. And uh, it is going to be very interesting. They've got a big game coming up to end the season with the San Francisco 49ers. So uh, we'll have to see how that goes. Uh, But we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll uh, run our interview that we had with Dan Zampano of the Sunday Card. Back in a minute, you're listening to the Wake Up Call on Sports Country. Welcome back to the Wake Up Call, and as we are every Friday, we are pleased to be joined by Dan Zampano. Of course, with the holidays, uh, Dan's traveling, I'm traveling, everybody's traveling, so we're we're actually recording this on Thursday, so we will not be talking about the Thursday night uh, uh, great game coming up between the Rams and the New Orleans Saints. Uh, So uh, actually, probably a lot of people are going to be sad. We're we're actually probably going to be happy we're not going to talk about that one, Dan.
0: I think so, I, although it, it is a quite the important game for, for, for NFC playoff seedings and whatnot, and both those teams are still in it. But How about that? I think we could save the so – yeah, that's, that's the state of the league right now. Welcome to
1: 2023 in a nutshell. I think we could save the audience a little bit. A Merry Christmas, though, Gene, to you. Same to you, my friend. Um, we did not get a chance to talk about this last week because when we did the show last Friday, Brandon Staley still had his job after getting beat 63-21 to 21 by the Raiders. Uh, but the Chargers finally corrected that, and they not only fired him, as you suspected, they also fired the general manager. And Charger fans have got to be saying hallelujah.
0: Yeah, your long national nightmare is over type of thing. I mean, the fact that they carried that guy, Telesco, who has put this team together. And, you know, I do kind of feel bad for Telesco because – you look at the team on paper that he put together and they should be able to win with that. Yep. You know, Yep. but I think, I think the spanos is kind of realized is no, we kind of need a hard reset on exactly how we want to build our culture of this team. And Staley, you could kind of see like Staley was this mastermind, but like, you know, as he was advertised when he got here with defensive schemes and whatnot. Right. But, when you when you try to hire a one hit wonder, you know they they seem to only really have, you know, that hit. And after a while, you play the same song over and over. And you know, "Video Killed the Radio Star" is the only song they know by that band. I mean, <laughs> you know. So it, it, as you as you go as you go forward, like, do you have diversity in your play calling and your schemes and those types of things? And I think the Spanos has realized. Not only does he not have a diversity of scheme, this doesn't have a diversity of culture, and it becomes outdated after a while, and it's not fun anymore. Um, so Telesco, I think, made a poor choice, and I think the hiring of Staley ultimately led to the demise of the firing of Telesco, who had been there for 10 years. So yeah. unfortunate for
1: Telesco. Um, now, of course, the first thing that everybody talks about with another coaching opening is, you know, reportedly, and we still don't know this for sure, but reportedly Bill Belichick is out in New England. Uh, and, uh, I mean, that's gotta be, if you are San Diego ownership, that has to be an intriguing name. Does it not?
0: Uh, it would be to me, uh, send them out to LA and, you know, let them sit on a beach and drop the scheme. I mean, that's like, he kind of, he's he's operated his entire career though from the East coast. Right. So I, I get it. Like, you know, we shouldn't necessarily put all of our eggs in one basket. You know, I think the chargers would have to really blow him out of the water with A type of offer besides I I also don't think that the crafts are going to get the opportunity to trade bill Belichick. I think he'll say, I'll worry about my own contract. I I don't think he'll, I think he'll go down swinging uh, if that's the case. So the chargers, I think if all is equal and the money is equal and the power is equal between the chargers and let's say Washington, you would think that the proximity to Annapolis and where he's from would play a much bigger role in that if everything's equal. So I think the Chargers would have to go above and beyond to get him there. And maybe they're willing to do that. I don't know. That would be a huge change from the pattern of the Spanos' money uh, lending that they've done. So I'm still up for debate. I'm still still up for debate whether whether Kraft has the stomach to part ways with him. I mean – it's it's a lot in the air, and it would be it would be wild if they left the coaching staff the way it is and the GM the way it is.
1: You know, let me uh, it, it, because I always love to bring baseball into this. If they don't, sure. if they don't part ways with Belichick. It will be. It would be very similar to what Red Sox Nation went through with the whole Heim Bloom thing after trading Mookie Betts, not getting anything back. That mm. everything becoming a disaster. There would be a revolt in Gillette Stadium. You remember the remember the the game not too long ago where the, they were in uh, Gillette and there was nobody in the stands. You know, yeah. I, mean, I think I was against the Chargers. I think you're you're risking that again, unless unless this really is all. Mac Jones, and I don't believe that. There are too many other problems with that team this year. Now, obviously, injuries played a factor in it, but there are too many other problems with that franchise this year to put it all on the shoulders of Mac Jones.
0: I think Belichick is, is you know, I think he has to know what's going on, and I think that his – I don't think that he wants to go. I think he does want to stay on, and I think he will make the case to Kraft as to why he should – Why, how he can fix the quarterback position. I think he'll throw most of the blame onto Mac Jones and throw him under the bus and say, look, (laughs) I got it wrong. Yes. This kid, this kid, this kid, you know, he just wasn't it. And, but I, we can make it better. We have the number two overall pick. We can, we can find a kid that I can get up to speed. And a lot of this also has to do with who's available. Right. I mean, is Mike Rabel available? Is and and is he going to be able to be pried away from Tennessee? Like, what is Jim Harbaugh available? Like, who's available yes. for the Patriots to to be to bring in here that you could transition and feel like that transition has a future and is seamless? Whether that's Gerard Mayo or somebody an outside candidate with a big name,
1: you know. And, and it, look, I think by the way, I think Gerard Mayo would be a mistake. I think that mm. I think that team, and this isn't anything against Gerard Mayo, except the fact that he doesn't have the experience. I think you need a guy that you know. If Mike Vrabel's available, there is the absolute no brainer to me. You go get him if you if you can. Um, Jim Harbaugh, if he really wants to leave Michigan, and you know, with the with the word coming down, the NCAA is uh, you know is, is you know filed more charges against Michigan. I wouldn't be shocked if he left especially if they win the national championship because he'd have nothing to prove. If you can get either of those two guys, no-brainer, you hire those two guys and you know, and you hope Gerard Mayo stays on, but I just think that team is too much of a mess to give it to somebody that doesn't have experience. Maybe I'm wrong. I,
0: I think you're probably right in the sense that if those two guys are available, yes, you'd probably hire them. The way that the Patriots work, obviously, is internal. Yes, uh, so you would think that Mayo would be an inside candidate, although there's been some reports that maybe maybe that is starting to wane a little bit. Yeah. But Gene, if if Rabel is not available and Harbaugh is not available, I mean Where are you going? Where yeah. else are yeah. you going? I know. You know? That's I mean, problem. Yeah. That's a it's a huge, huge question yeah. that you have to figure out. That's and fair. it would the crafts are trying to move the the team into the third decade of yeah. the twenty first century, you know.
1: Yeah, well, that's fair. That's fair. All right, let's get to some games from last week because there were some dandies and there, um, there were some surprises. Um, and, and, mm. and, and look, I don't know. The, the, uh, the fact that the Detroit Lions won that game against Denver was not a surprise to me. But I, here's another team, Dan. I cannot figure this this Detroit team out they are so up and down and I mean they they are the ultimate roller coaster Jared Goff throws five touchdown passes and no inch last week and they put up 42 points against the Broncos and you're like where the hell is this been you know it's I can't I cannot figure these guys out so it wasn't the the fact the Lions won but I thought this was going to be a close game
0: yeah, well, the Denver defense showed back up yeah. uh, in the wrong way. Yeah. you know, they, they got shades of that Miami game from earlier this year of yeah. how bad of a pass defense they had. Right. You know, so I look. I think the Lions obviously were going to be hungry. Yep. Um, after being embarrassed by the Bears uh, in Chicago, uh, they were going to be at home. That's a place where golf plays well. I think you got to figure that. You know, I mean, if the Lions are at home. And golf is indoors. Yep, you know that. You know there's a good chance that he's going to play really well and mistake-free football. And he played mistake-free football. And I think you could see the frustration with Sean Payton with Russell Wilson on the sidelines, and screaming at him on the field, and the bad call that they had. You know, I, it, it is the standard. And I think that even though you saw a disaster happen for them, I still think that they have. They have to figure out now, okay, we're probably out of playoff contention. What is our what is our modus operandi going forward with Russ? right? You know, can we lift him to a point where he's playing championship level football in this scheme, or is this as far as we go, and we've got to put talent around him? Or is there somebody we can upgrade with? You know that's the question I think that they need to ask themselves.
1: Um, another game last week that um, this one. It not only did the score surprise me, but the fact that the Colts beat Pittsburgh surprised me. I thought Pittsburgh would show up a little bit more last week. I know, you know, I know it's Mitch Trubisky and all that, you know, that kind of stuff. But Gardner Minshew, uh, you know, when you when when he's got a, a passer rating of 123 at the end of the game, your defense <laughs> has not done a very good job. And 30 to 13, that was absolutely shocking to me.
0: And thirty unanswered points. Yeah, I mean Pittsburgh got a thirteen nothing in the game. Yep, uh, on the road, and it was like, all right, here we go. And their defense just kind of soiled themselves with Gardner Minshew. I mean, uh, <laughs> Michael Pittman had a great game. Yep. Uh, to me, to me, you know, last week was the week of the backup comeback. You know, yep. I mean, we had. How many backup quarterbacks had yeah. to come back in games and win games?
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, we we had we had him, we had Jake Browning earlier in the day, Case Keenum, Joe right. Flacco. We had all these quarterbacks that were down double digits uh able to come back and, you know, it's just a strange year like that, you know. The backup quarterback has all this power and I think this going forward is going to change a lot of coaches' minds about hey, like we had two or three teams that made the playoffs with backup quarterbacks late in the season. Right. What do we need to do to make sure that if ours goes down, we have some guy we really need. To, I think the the, the football operation standards are going to really raise over the league for, for the backup quarterback.
1: Um, well, yeah. And, and, uh, well, another surprise and, and these weren't backup quarterbacks, but still, um, and I suppose with the way Green Bay had been playing, the way Jordan Love had been playing, Green Bay looked like they were – they might be on a little bit of a roll, maybe maybe make a playoff run. Uh, Tampa Bay absolutely spanks them in Green Bay. Yeah. And Baker Mayfield, you know, looks like an MVP candidate with four touchdown passes, you know, a perfect quarterback rating. I mean wh- – what is going on? And this is the it, this this league is so strange this year. It is on, on you know one of the, you talked about this this week on your uh, your power rankings that you had up and and you had you know who were the frauds and also I, I I made a comment to you before we started the interview. I don't know if there's any frauds this year because this league is just nuts. It's outside of the San Francisco forty or the San Francisco forty I'm not sure that there's any team that you can point to that said that's been basically consistently good all year it's it's just crazy
0: yeah i you know i agree with you first off how about kudos to baker becoming the first quarterback in history to throw for a perfect pass rating at lambeau field
1: wow i mean i didn't didn't know that that's pretty who was the other one that's pretty impressive uh there wasn't it was him. Oh, he's the first. Oh, I thought so, you said the second. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. Wow. How about that? Yeah.
0: First road first road quarterback to ever throw a perfect passer rating at Lambeau Field. <laughs> which is pretty pretty yeah. astounding. Yeah. So um but as far as your question as to, you know, the league and, you know, why it's so up and down, uh, I think it's because Gene, a lot of it and I and I heard uh, Bill Barnwell talking about this a little bit. He's got a good show. Uh, it's because we have more games. We have social media. We have 24-hour news cycle. We have the saturation of the NFL uh, expansion of scheduling, where every day now, this week, you have Thursday. You have three games on Saturday. You have all the games on Sunday. You have three games on Christmas Day, which I'm sure the NBA loves. I mean, you're seeing more and more of the teams. Teams are seeing and scientifically kind of analyzing more and more of the teams. And the margin for error becomes so small because, like we've talked about in the past, practice time is down. Yep. There's more time for coaches to do, but less time for players to develop, less time for players to learn fundamentals. And we've seen some – when you see good football, you want to see more football. They want more football on the schedule. You're also going to see the bad football Yeah. when there's more football out
1: there. So, so in some ways, then, the NFL's uh, desire – to spread the game even wider um, which which by the way you know you could, whatever you could say whatever you want at the end of the day, the NFL didn't need to do anything they could have left everything just the way it was and they'd still be making billions and billions of dollars right um, ha- have they hurt the product a little bit by trying to do what they're doing? Is that what you're saying?
0: Well we'll see We'll we'll see I, I mean the, the numbers are all going to come in, in ad revenue and TV rights deals. You know, I mean, that's, that's, and, and the ratings, I mean, the ratings are going to tell, tell us everything. And so far we've had, again, another year where we were breaking records on ratings. Now the NFL is going to have eight games across the world over the next decade, Yeah, uh, starting with Brazil Brazil, next year. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, which is, Hey, I mean, listen, if you're going to have a game somewhere, I think Brazil's not a bad place to go <laughs> if we're going to Germany and London and these rainy yeah. places. Right. Put me on the beach. I'll go to that game.
1: Yes, but especially but, especially uh, that's that's the uh, southern hemisphere. That's that's summertime down there.
0: Summertime, baby. Down yeah. in Brazil. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so so with that being said with that being said, you know, we're gonna get more and more of this and time will tell if the world does kind of wrap its arm around the league or, and if the T V ratings or if it becomes too much for Americans to handle.
1: Um, now with that win, Tampa has put themselves into position. They are sitting in first place right now in the NFC so, Hallelujah! By the yeah, way, we finally thank have a God. We ha- we finally have a couple of teams that are at least five hundred in that division.
0: <laughs> I can handle the Bucks. Like Baker's, like a, a fun you know quarterback. He's yeah. feisty. They got a decent defense. Like I can handle that team in the playoffs. Yeah. Please don't put me with Taylor Heineke or Desmond Ritter or the boring Saints. Right. You know, uh, you know. Please don't do that. I think the Bucks would be a really good team. I think the league would push for that.
1: Really. Uh, I, yeah, I. You know, if I think if the league could wave a magic wand, that's exactly what they would want, right? I mean, I don't see why they wouldn't. Uh, and and speaking of Desmond Ritter, and again, because I live two hours from Atlanta and I live in North Carolina, I got to see the Falcons and the Panthers last week. Talk about, <sighs> talk about some scintillating football, my friend. It just doesn't get any worse than that. It was just absolutely brutal.
0: Uh, again, you think David Tepper is sitting up in his box up there, seeing that the stadium uh, was maybe five rows deep. Yep, that's it. Uh, and, and the ticket prices on the secondary market going for 45 cents. <laughs> I, I mean, can you believe that? And honestly, Gene, yeah. It was too expensive for me to go. Uh, like it was because yeah. I am not sitting in the rain, in the rain, yeah, downpour, downpours, watching that game where the Panthers didn't even score. Okay, and won on the buzzer. I mean, that yeah. was a that was like you might as well have played that game on Neptune because nobody
1: would have cared either way. Um, one of my favorite games to watch last week. And and was that watching, and we had just talked last week, right, about how well Justin Fields was playing, right, <laughs> and about how things were looking up for the Bears. And, you know, look, they jump out to a 17-7 lead against Cleveland, and then here comes Joe Flacco. And honest to God, watching him operate in the fourth quarter at 38 years old, he he moves about as well as I do. Uh, but you know, made a couple of unbelievable passes in the fourth quarter, and uh, what a great win for the Cleveland Browns last week—the
0: one where they send the corner blitz on him, and he bends over like he's going to break his back, yes. and just flutters a ball yep. to Njoku to get a first down in the big game that set them up for the winner. I mean, that was. He's a maestro. That's unbelievable. Like, you know, yep. he's a maestro still. He, he's the crafty old Wiley veteran. He looks like Phillip Rivers in his last year. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's really what he looks like. So it's, it's uh, you know, I don't know how the Browns do it. And honestly, Gene, how sad this is, he's the best quarterback the Browns have had all year. That's, I mean, yeah, it, yeah. I, I don't think it's a debate. <laughs> like, he's played better than yeah. anyone else that's been in that position. So, And he earned himself a one-year contract, so good for him. Um, Man, I can't believe it's been 11 years since he went and did that uh, yeah. in the Super Bowl run. I mean, it's yeah. been a long time. But it, good for him for sticking that out and 20, 38 years old and, and still cooking. Well,
1: and you look at that game and the fact that Cleveland won that game with – uh, they, they ran the ball 18 times for 29 yards and they won the game. That is just – it. it is mind-boggling that a 38-year-old quarterback did that that's not named Tom Brady. Or Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's just to me that was just that was just nuts. Uh, the magical yeah. ride ends in New York. <laughs> uh, the yeah. Giants, the Giants lose to a uh, a not great uh, New Orleans Saints team, and uh, they come crashing back down to earth. And the funny part was that there was like the Giants were eliminated from playoff contention. And I remember saying I I can't remember who it was. I don't know if it was Mike Lupica or somebody in the New York media said. What playoff chances? Like, they, like somebody really ever thought they really had any. But DeVito was a nice story, but now the Giants can just kind of uh, uh, disappear for the rest of the season. We don't have to talk about him anymore, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, again, i I'm still all for going to Tommy DeVito's house and having the Feast of the Seven <laughs> fishes and, and all that stuff in our Italian culture. Oh. I mean, it's kind of ironic, you know, back in – and here's a history lesson. The two ports that all the Italians came through – first is in New York, of course. The other one's in New Orleans. Orleans, So it's just kind of poetic justice uh, (laughs) that he was stopped in New Orleans at that time. It's kind of a funny little story. But, yeah, I mean, the Giants never had a chance. Now, you you want to finish the season well if you're not going to the playoffs. I mean, the Lions are a good proof of that from last year. Uh, So if they can have momentum, sure. But, again, you know, Tommy DeVito is the kind of cult hero of the NFL this year and has saved football a little bit in New York. We have, we can actually watch it and enjoy it with that guy.
1: A team that is in trouble right now is the Jacksonville Jaguars. They got beat uh, pretty Mm -hmm. handily last week. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, I believe is in concussion protocol. Is he not this week? Uh, Yeah, he is. So, you know, that's a team right now that is clinging to first place in their division uh if you know if you're a Jacksonville team you got to be scared that team is an absolute mess right now they can't run the football and and Trevor Lawrence hasn't been right even before the concussion
0: I think uh, they mishandled their franchise quarterback uh you know they should have sat him two weeks ago yep against Cleveland and and that was a mistake I, you know it could have had a much better chance against Baltimore and now that they have a semi-easier schedule, this is not an easy game for them. I mean, no. Tampa's not going to lay down. Nope. So, um, you know, I, I think that there's a lot of issues here going forward for them with Christian Kirk being out, the inconsistency at the offensive line is shown, and Trevor hasn't played good. And right. I think you're right. I think it has to do with a lot of the injuries. So, you know, they may win the division yet uh, because of their schedule, but – I do not see them doing much in the playoffs. Especially the fact that they're not going to have a break now. Uh, I would have sat Trevor, and to be honest, uh, my goal this year would be
1: to win the division as fast as possible, so that you can sit in the last week of the year because he shouldn't be playing. Right, I agree. Uh, you know, and if you are a Baltimore fan, I mean, you are thrilled that you got the win. And they're, you know, and it seems kind of silly, I guess, to be saying I am I am not sold on an eleven and three team. But look, here is the thing if if if, a, if an opposing defense can figure out a way to keep Lamar Jackson between the tackles and not let him get outside or run the football you can beat this team i mean because he is he's not going to beat you with his arm i mean last week he was just an absolute terror you know when when he was getting pressured because he got loose and and it, so to me and I know they're again I know they're 11 and three but I'm just you know i'm just I'm just waiting for a defense to figure out how to keep him contained.
0: Well, I thought Jacksonville actually had a pretty good blueprint for it. I mean, they were giving him the like, six, seven, eight seconds to throw the football, but he really wasn't getting out and and running too often. You look at the score box, right? It he said ran for 97 yards, yards yeah. rushing. Yeah, well, 45 of that was on one play wow, at the end fair. of the game yeah, when the game fair. was over.
1: That's fair.
0: So, so you know, I mean, to me, yes, he is dangerous out of the pocket. But I thought, I mean, he threw a bad interception in that game across his body. He had another unbelievable play. The play that's likely down the field. What a lucky play that was. I mean, he made some plays. Don't give him credit. But I thought Jacksonville showed a little bit of blueprint to how to contain Lamar. And they only scored 23 points on it. So, you know, that's a winnable game for some of these offenses in this league, especially if you're playing a juggernaut. Uh, like like you know, like a Miami, uh, a Detroit, a San Francisco, a Dallas. You know, if you're playing those teams, um, even Buffalo, uh, yep. I think should be able to win a game like that. So, to me, I, I do think there's some vulnerability, and I agree with you. I, I don't think it's set in stone that the Ravens are, you know, the big bad Ravens again, and right. they'll be number one seed and knock off Kansas City. I don't think it's set at all.
1: Most valuable player on that team is Justin Tucker. Period. I mean, you know, you, you get inside the 50-yard line and he's got they could they could score. I wish they would use him more. I, agree. I wish they would use him more. I think the, I think you know, they passed, I feel like I, they pass up a lot of yes, chances. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Cuz he's he's a machine. Unbelievable guy. Um let's talk about those Cincinnati Bengals. Um, look, uh Jake Browning you know what? You you can't ask a lot more out of Jake Browning, and the I mean, look, the Vikings are a mess, right? Wild. I mean, I mean the Vikings are an absolute mess this year. But what a great game! And Jake Browning uh, comes through yet again. And the Cincinnati Bengals, um, look, I, I don't know, I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs, but I think I I, I I wouldn't count them out. I I like what they're doing right now. That was the game
0: of the weekend, wasn't it? I think I it mean, was. Yeah. the whole weekend. But yep. That game was just as wild. as... Uh, crazy turnovers, crazy, crazy touchdowns to T. Higgins. Yep. Uh, the, the Bengals getting two quarterback sneak stops in overtime. Yep. I mean that was just insane how the Vikings lost that game. And uh, you know you do give credit to Browning. He stayed cool under pressure. He got hit a lot. He did in that game. Uh, I'll be I'll be watching very closely this how week. they handle yep. life without Chase. Right. Chase is not going to play, and a bigger problem for them is DJ Reader, the defensive tackle, is out for the season, and he's one of their better players. They have already been the worst rush defense uh, in terms of expected points added, your nice little analytical term. That's the worst (laughs) rush defense in football. So, uh, you know, that's going to be a problem. I am very curious in how they're going to handle all these injuries now down the stretch with their
1: backup quarterback. Um. You know, look, I uh, I gotta be honest. I was shocked, and I know Tennessee hasn't had a great year, but I was absolutely shocked that Houston won that game last week without C.J. Stroud. Mm. Absolutely shocked. And you got to tip your cap to the Texans. And it looks like Stroud's not going to play again this week. So if you're Houston, mm-hmm. that was a game you you know you had to have. Um, you know, and I guess they were probably hoping they'd have Stroud back this week. But look, uh, that division is so wide open; it's not even funny. And uh, but I just don't know if Houston's – I don't think I'd want to rely on Case Keenum too often. Um, you know, he got it done last week, but no. uh, uh, it's going to be tough for them to win this week. I think without Stroud.
0: Yeah, I you know I, I think they obviously rallied the boys. They were playing in the AFC South rival. The Titans were wearing the Oiler uniform, right. so. You know, there was some there was some, you know, there was some heat in that game. There's no question about that. Yep. Um, but man, did they did they nut up in the fourth quarter. Yes. I mean, they really did. I mean, you gotta give credit to Keenum, like you said, and he's missing Nico Collins and he's missing Tank Dell, and he's missing pieces left and right. They're missing their right tackle and they still got it done. So uh credit to them for finding a way. Now it was against Will Levis. Right. So You know, you you take it with a grain of salt. But Derek Stingley, once again, has a good game against DeAndre Hopkins. Like, their defense has some pieces around them. you got to watch out for the Texans coming down the stretch. Although, I I do agree with you, if Stroud can get back into the game the last two weeks, you know, they're going to have to win those last two games to get in, I think.
1: Yep, I agree. Um, So, uh, again, everybody expected San Francisco to beat Arizona last week. They did just what they needed to do uh Brock Purdy was great again Christian McCaffrey is an absolute beast Brock Purdy's even saying that Christian McCaffrey ought to be the MVP of the league um and he, I, I, it's hard to argue with him after what he's with what he's been doing lately
0: I think those two players are the top two candidates and yeah. them and Tyreek kill yep I mean you know I, I think we're probably got a good chance of not seeing a quarterback win this award for a first time in 11 years And you know what that's good so that's good I agree I think it is good I think it's great. Uh, You know, like we should give credit to other players around the league. And, you know, to me, I look at San Francisco, they have the best talent. They have the best athletes. They are the most loaded on both sides of the ball. They have the best left tackle. They have two MVP candidates. Um, They have a coach that's angry from last season. (laughs) It's calling plays angrily. Uh, You know, I I asked you before the show, Gene, I mean, tell me the team. That's going into San Francisco and winning. I was supposed
1: to ask you that, uh, but that's okay. That's all right. You know, no, I, you know, you know, here's the thing. Look, they are far and away, in my opinion, they are the best team in the NFL. Period. The end. Full stop. You know. And so you tell me. I don't. I don't know. You know what? You know who I think could maybe do it. Go ahead. I think maybe Buffalo. Only because see, uh, see only because of what yeah. I've seen Buffalo do a couple of times this year. Maybe Buffalo. Well, I, I
0: look at it from a perspective of this. Buffalo is not going to have to go to San Francisco and win, right? I right, mean, right. That, like, uh, to me, I look at an NFC team. Uh, I, we can look at Dallas and I say, okay, we've seen that picture before. No, thank no, you for that. not going to happen. No. Uh, we've seen Philadelphia who couldn't handle them on their own field and right. they have way more problems than they need. Uh, we've seen Detroit be seesaws. Left and right. I know you. Know? I think I know. And obviously, you. Go, ahead, go ahead. Obviously, nobody from the NFC South is going to do it. No. Uh, to be honest with you, yeah, I think the best team to knock them off, the team with the best chance, I think it's the Rams. Oh, I, that was I not really what I,
1: I not, That's not what I was expecting to hear. Really?
0: Uh, I think it's the Rams. I think they. I think they know Shanahan well. Yep. Yes, they played him to a. You know, it was a seven-point game when they played them there earlier in the year, hmm. uh, I think their scheme is very similar. Hmm. Defensively, they would have a lot of issues in the secondary, but up front, I think they could they could handle them. Uh, and, and to me, I think it would have to be a shootout, but they have the weapons to do it, and their run game has started to come alive now. So, wow. you know, to me, I think the Rams, of well. all the teams, if they get in and they get to play San Francisco well, but, but Dan,
1: I would very we, much be watching out we don't have to wait till the playoffs that's the last game of the season it is the rams it are is, at but, san francisco I mean, it, but hey look think about this you know and 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 it, this might be an even more important game the rams might mm-hmm. need that game at the end of the season to even get in the playoffs it's it, that's 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 a potential right there. So that might be even more important than beating them in the playoffs. You might have to beat them to even get in the playoffs.
0: I agree. And remember, we had that scenario back in two thousand and twenty-one. I want to say, where San Francisco needed to beat the Rams right uh, in the last game of the year, and the Rams did not sit their starters. So, uh, but San Francisco won anyway. Right. So, and they got in. So that that. Is a interesting scenario. I wonder if Kyle would return the favor to keep them out. Uh, yeah. But maybe he knows something. Maybe he knows and says, hey, maybe, you know, that's not a team we really want to play right. in the playoffs. I think the Rams would give them a game.
1: I really do. Wow. That would be something. That would be something. Uh, Who did you
0: think I was going to say?
1: Uh, I actually thought you were going to say Philly. Yeah, no. That's right. I don't see it right now I, well not the way they're playing right now no but I uh, you know I the Rams never even crossed my radar <laughs> you know the, you know the funny part is when I looked at the standings this morning I said damn the Rams are 500 I thought they had won like five games this year honest to God yeah I, I didn't realize right they were now. they had gotten to 500 so that shows you how much attention I pay um the shocker of the week Buffalo 31 Dallas 10 That. My friend, uh, I never saw that coming. Never saw it coming. No, Um, Dak Prescott stunk. Uh, You know, he stunk. No other way to put it. You know, the guy that everybody was ready to hand the MVP to just blew that up with, uh, you know, a case of TNT. And the fact that the Buffalo Bills were able to win a game with Josh Allen throwing the ball 15 times and only completing 7 of them is nothing short of miraculous uh, i
0: i think it is a fundamental change in their philosophy on football because when they fired Ken Dorsey Joe Brady was now given the task to figure out what do we need to change and he found it in number 4 in James Cook yeah uh, i i think he has been absolutely outstanding for weeks and for them to do that, like you said, he had under 100 yards passing. Um, they ran nice. the ball down. their throats. that was what was so surprising, Gene. We talked about it. We're like, I don't think Buffalo is going to be able to handle the Dallas front. And, and Dallas's O-line should be able to handle Buffalo's small defensive not so uh, much. front seven. <laughs> not so much. I mean, not at all. Yeah. Yep. Not at all. That was what was so surprising is – Man, where the heck did that come from yep. where Buffalo is dominating up front and mauling guys at left and right? You know, I, I, it was shocking. That was really shocking to me more than anything. Not so much the
1: score. It's more on how they did it. And now, and you look at Buffalo going down the stretch. Look, they've got the Chargers, the Patriots, and then the, the last game is at Miami. But look, uh, you got to figure they're going to win these next two games, right? I mean, if they don't, there's a problem. Mm -hmm. But they should win those next two games. And, you know, depending on what happens with Miami, uh, and Miami's got a couple of tough ones left, Buffalo could be playing Miami for the division title in the last game of the season.
0: And Buffalo could be playing themselves into a very nice seat and all of a sudden be going into the playoffs with more momentum, I think, than they've ever had
1: yeah. since they've gone in. That's insane. So, I mean, when you look no. at Miami's schedule is a beast. They've got Dallas this week. Then they've got to play at Baltimore. Now, the one thing they may have going for them, is that Baltimore could be 12 and 3 have a and have the division sewn up depending on what Cleveland does this week and maybe Lamar Jackson nah, they maybe, won't sit. you know maybe they do you never know i mean that could they, they,
0: they won't maybe no, Baltimore
1: p- Baltimore's <laughs> not that kind of team <laughs> they're <laughs> not that kind of team <laughs> Miami better guys, pray guys. for that is all i'm saying because i mean it's <laughs> they better that it's going to be a night is that game in Baltimore yes yes Oh boy! Yeah, so it's looking like it's going to come down to Buffalo at Miami, perhaps for the division title. If the schedule breaks the way it looks, at where Buffalo should win the next two, and Miami could very well lose the next two. Now, It doesn't mean they will, but they could because I also didn't can think- you
0: can can you hear Chris Collinsworth? Stroking oh, stroking Josh oh, Allen lord. and Tua. Oh lord! Can you hear it now? Oh, lord. On that last night of the season, I, uh, I can, I can
1: faint whispers of, I'll tell you Mike, you know, like I'll just think like, oh, you can hear it. I'll put an ice pick in my ear. <laughs> <laughs> now the other shocker of last week, and I, I guess it's, well, you called it, although I still don't think... Not to me. I Well, I still not, I'm still not sure you were, you had that much conviction when you made this call. But you, you said, <laughs> you said the Seahawks were going to beat the Eagles, uh, and they did. And... You know, look. If you're the Eagles and you're up seventeen ten going into the fourth quarter, you can't lose that game. You just can't. You just can't. It was drew Locke for God's sake. You could see it. You could see it, though. I mean, Hertz was laboring the he was. entire night. He was. Yep. He
0: made some absolutely ridiculous decisions. Yep. To throw the ball deep down the field. Now, the first interception he had, he had a big case for yep. pass interference. I he mean, did. there was there was a huge case That's for. It. Yep. The one on the final drive. First off, if we go back before that, I just want to say if you want a receiver and watch a receiver and you're a receiver looking to, to, to make the league or go to college and you want to know what coaches look for, and that's dominating when your team needs it the most, yep. DK Metcalf was an absolute monster on that last drive of the game yep. and, and really was impossible for James Bradbury to cover, who's totally not the same corner this year. Um, and they had a beautiful ball to Jackson Smith and Jigba. It was a great moment for Drew Locke and Geno Smith. Uh, but on the last drive for for Hurts to hurl that ball up in the in the double coverage yeah. and throw that interception was was just mind-boggling. You could see like AJ Brown's on Twitter getting upset. Darius Slay's not playing and he's getting called out. You know, guys are pointing fingers. Uh, you know,
1: left and right. I mean, this team is in utter disarray. That doesn't, you know, right what, that, now, and they need to just calm down. That doesn't sound like brotherly love to me. I'm just saying. No,
0: no, it doesn't <laughs> <laughs> at all. You slide devil, you. I'm telling you uh, that that that's uh, no, it doesn't. And and you know, to me, this is where your culture has to come in and and. Fix the issue, yeah. Because you know you have a championship level roster, yep. But you don't have guys, you don't have guys right now on the team that are doing it for themselves or are doing it for other for their teammate next to them. You have a lot of guys doing it for themselves. They've played a ton of games over the last two years. It's hard, yeah. It, it's hard trying to get back to the Super Bowl.
1: You know what? That's fair, but you know some and and but you have to put some of this at the feet of the head coach because I'm going to tell you what. Uh, if this was a, a Pittsburgh Steelers team. Mike Tomlin's not allowing that to happen, where the, you know guys are pointing fingers at each other. Andy Reid's not going to allow that to happen in Kansas City. Uh, Shanahan is not going to allow that to happen in San Francisco. You know, so you've got to put some of this at the feet of uh, of the uh, the Eagles coaching staff as well, don't you?
0: I guess so. I guess you would say that, but I, you know, to me, I, I I look at this and you know, I kind of I kind of look at the Eagles and that's their personality and that's Sirianni's personality is. He's kind of an edgy, hardo Italian coach, right? Right. That you know lets his players kind of, you know, lets his players emulate the same personality that he does. Mm-hmm. So, to me, you know, I think you need to find the leaders on the team there, the Kelsey's and the Fletcher Coxes and and the guys that are veterans, and say, guys, look, I mean, we're not doing anything until we fix this. And in my opinion, you know, Hertz had to travel with by himself to that game. Yeah. I think they may have rallied around Marcus Mariota if he had played. Really? You know, you never want to say, if Jalen Hurts is is available to play, sure, you absolutely want to play him. Yeah. But that team might have been like, okay, we're going to a hostile environment. we got a backup quarterback. You know, we've got to step up for him to be able to make this happen. Hmm. And maybe that would have sparked him. I don't know, but I don't know what it's going to take. Obviously, the the Giants are pretty good medicine this week. Yep them but be. <laughs> you know still it better not be 27 24 in a fourth quarter
1: right you know that's
0: not a that's not an improvement
1: they need to they need to spank they need to spank the Giants thoroughly this week you're right uh all right let's get to our picks for this week um let's start off uh, on Saturday's game Cincinnati is at Pittsburgh uh Cincinnati a one and a half point favorite look uh Cincinnati is still in the mix, but they're in third place in their division. But this is a game they've got. To, this is a this is a Pittsburgh team that's got to be demoralized after last week.
0: Yeah, they, they definitely do. They've lost three in a row. Yep. Um, Cincinnati has been on a heater uh, currently right now. But Gene, Pittsburgh. I'll tell you something. I know when when Santa needs his sleigh. Driven, he calls on Rudolph, and Mason Rudolph is going to be the guy. It it writes itself. I mean, it totally writes itself. (laughs) Oh lord! (laughs) Let let me tell you, Gene, (laughs) the Steelers are going to win this game, and I'll tell you why. If you look, a few weeks ago, this was the one game that Browning lost. Yes, and this was the first. This was the first time in a year and a half that Pittsburgh had 400 yards of offense. Mm. I mean, and they're going to run all over this team. They did it by running the football. This is a horrible run defense.
1: And Cincinnati's got injuries. Jalen
0: Warren. Right, they got injuries. Jalen Warren and Najee Harris should run wild. And you've got one of the worst right tackles in football. And Orlando Brown's given up 11 sacks this year. Has he really? Going up against T.J. Watt.
1: Oh, block. oh, that's, oh man, that's, you know what? That's a lot of lookout blocks is what that is. Uh, holy cow. Amen. Brown, brown, yikes. All right. Well, you know what? I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm with you on that one. I, I, as soon as I read it, I was like, he's going to say Pittsburgh. And you know what? Here's the other thing. It, it's Mike Tomlin. That team has a lot of pride and I can't believe that they're going to go out with a whimper. I think the they're... the most
0: profitable the most profitable coach in the NFL the last 20 years as a dog yeah. at home
1: is Mike Tomlin. Well, there you go, um, Detroit, and uh, they are on the road. They are at Minnesota. Look, um, as I said earlier, I can't figure out this Detroit team. Last week they looked like a Detroit team that you know was one of the two or three best teams in the NFC, and a couple of weeks ago they looked like one of the worst. So. Tell me, the three-point favorite at Minnesota. Minnesota fighting for a playoff spot.
0: This is a funky game. It is. It? I mean, yeah. this is. It, it really is because you know you look at Detroit just blew out Denver. Minnesota lost a heartbreaker to Cincinnati on a Saturday, so they've got a little extra time to prepare for this game. Um, you know, uh, this, uh, you know, I have a, I have a suspicion here just that Detroit getting healthier on the offensive line is really going to help them here. Okay. Especially the fact that Minnesota's blitz is going to be all over. I mean, Florida's going to put the, the crap out of golf. Yep. So he might have some opportunities to get the ball out quickly and get down the field. I have a hunch that the lions are going to, are going to eat in this game.
1: Okay.
0: Uh, I, I don't feel great about it, but I'll say, I think the lions will get by. I think the lions are going to win this game.
1: Um, this to me, this next game to me, is sniffs upset. Seattle is at Tennessee. Seattle's a two and a half point favorite. They just expended everything that they have to win that game uh, last week, and this just smells upset to me.
0: Uh, Gene, you are you are sniffing out those lines. You don't you don't you don't know what those guys in Vegas know. I mean, they, 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 they try to catch you in a trap yeah, here, yeah. and you won't be caught. You won't be caught. Okay. I, I love it. You're like the dancing bear.
1: Yeah,
0: all right. Yes, Yes, yeah. 100%. I, this is a tight spot, right? I mean, and you get Ryan Tannehill back this week. Right. So uh, he's going to start the game. Geno Smith sounds like he's going to start the game. You're right. They, I, I do worry about Tennessee secondary being able to cover. Mm -hmm. Uh, Seattle. But Seattle's defense, I mean, you want to talk about an overrated defense. This is the one. I mean, they they are horrible across the board. Worst team in the league in time of possession uh, and may not have Witherspoon or Adams in the secondary. I do think that Tannehill will bring some stability, and they should be able to run all over Seattle. So I I do like the Titans here.
1: Yeah. Wow. We, We actually agreed on that. How about that? Um... Merry Christmas. This one, um, and I'm surprised Houston's still a favorite knowing that C.J. Stroud is out, but Houston, as at home, a a two-and-a-half-point favorite with Cleveland. Yeah,
0: that's a hard game. I mean, you got Keenum more than likely. You got Joe Flacco playing. Here's my issue. We've talked about in the past. Cleveland's defense on the road is not the same at home. I mean, I, I think that that's the issue here, and I think a lot of people are seeing that. Houston may getting Nico Collins back here. Um, this is a tight game. I don't like either of these two teams, so de facto-wise, I'm going to take the home team. I'm going to take Houston okay. to grind this game out. Um, even though I do think Flacco's probably the better quarterback right now, I think I think Cleveland's defense will be their demise here, and Houston should be able to, to get some points.
1: Um, uh, the next one uh, in uh, the Battle of Florida, we have uh, Jacksonville is at Tampa and Tampa is a one-and-a-half-point favorite. They are coming off a great game last, a great performance last week by their quarterback. Jacksonville's quarterback uh, probably not going to play this week. I'd be surprised, I mean, although maybe. You know, the thing is, is I guess is he hasn't been ruled out yet, has he?
0: No, he you hasn't. Know? And, then, and, and you tell know, you know, what, he's, he's, he's going to be game time.
1: And, and, I, you know, and this is my concern. You talked about this. They've mismanaged uh, him so far this year, and I'm almost afraid they're going to play him even if they shouldn't.
0: Yeah, me too, and and I think this is where you know you find you have to have some consistency at some point from one of these NFC South teams, and I'm going to bet on I'm going to bet on Tampa because Tampa's defense is is getting healthier. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're starting to get some guys back. If they can get Vita Vea back this week, that would be a monster uh, a monster return for their defensive line because that could really create interior pressure and bother Lawrence get him out of the pocket. Yep. Um, and, and, you know, I'll tell you something. Jacksonville has a great run defense, but Tampa is the last team in the league that wants to run. I mean, they're just not going to do it. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. T- Tampa's going to want to air the ball out, and yep. this could be a fun game for Baker. So I, I, I'm starting to feel it. Baker's starting to feel himself. I'm starting to feel him. I'm going to take the Bucks here to beat the Jags.
1: All right uh this next one is huge it's at miami dallas at miami dallas again Ooh. you know has to shake off that game from last week miami coming off a 30 to nothing blow out of the jets uh boy this is a hard one to call the over under on this the biggest one of the week 51 and a half so vegas thinks it's going to be some points
0: yeah and i think vegas is mistaken because i think that the weather here is going to cause some issues you have high winds Possible rain showers down in Miami, um, and I think that will cause the the offenses to sputter a little bit. Gene, I'm surprised you haven't coined this game the Fraud Bowl yet because these <laughs> are the two teams. Two, yeah, yeah, you that, know. <laughs> yeah. It can't be good teams, right? I mean, yeah. You know, Miami. Miami hasn't done it all year. Dallas did beat Philadelphia, but Dallas is way worse on the road. Yep. Than uh, than, than than they are at home. So. This is a tough game to, to grind out. I think Dallas, with their field goal kicking, could be an interesting play here. They are the only team in the league with a kicker that hasn't missed a kick.
1: Except it's going to be windy. So,
0: except it's going to be windy. So we'll see. And he's a rookie, yep. you know, but he hasn't missed. Right. So you know, we'll see about that. At the end of the day, you know, I do think that Miami's run game is the difference. I think Miami's going to be able to run the ball here okay. on Dallas. It's just like kind of how Buffalo did uh, up front. They're the, one of the better run teams in the league uh, and their scheme is, is there the key to this game though? And I'll say this, Gene, if Tyree kill does not play, this is going to be a different outcome. Uh, I, I really think that, I mean, he's so, so important to that scheme. Yep. So if, if he doesn't play, I'm nervous. I'm so, very nervous so this is, I'm Miami. You're, fan, taking my,
1: you're taking Miami with a qualifier is what you're telling me.
0: Yes, I'm putting the asterisk <laughs> on it beforehand.
1: <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Here's what we can do. Uh, you, If we find out he's not playing, I'll just automatically move the thing over to Dallas before we talk about the games next week. How about that? Good game? idea. Yeah, okay, that's what we'll do. Good idea. All right. um, last games at San Francisco. Baltimore is at San Francisco. Uh, San Francisco is a five-and-a-half-point favorite. They are the class of the NFL, period. Does Baltimore have any shot?
0: Uh, They have a shot. I I do think they have a shot. I I think that, you know, they're going to have to play really, really tight. Uh, You know, with Lamar is going to be has to be crisp with the passes. They don't have Andrews. They just lost their their, uh, young rookie, Keaton Mitchell, was really their fire starter on defense, on offense for the running back position. And Ronnie Stanley is still hurt. I mean, Ronnie Stanley can't stay healthy at left tackle. So that's a huge huge deal for them. To me, I just think San Francisco is a team of destiny. Like I I just see this as a game in which this is their last tough game of the year. Right. Um, They're at home. I think the travel on Christmas weekend with, with what you have to do this weekend as a player mixing family and the holidays with the game, this game's on Christmas night, you know, coordinating all that. I think that's a huge deal. The second straight road game for Baltimore, uh, and it's way out in California. Yep. So this is this is going to be a tough one for Baltimore, I think. Uh, Ellen's worth MVP vote, uh-huh. you know, and they'll uh-huh. be like, Lamar's playing outstanding, uh-huh. blah, blah, blah. Don't don't forget who you're going up against. Now, San Francisco had some injuries on the D-line. Hargraves, Armstead, they didn't play last week, and Arizona kind of torched them on the ground. Yep. But, you know, San Francisco, I think, has the weaponry to mishandle. You go back two weeks. Look what Matt Stafford did to this Baltimore defense. Right. I mean, he absolutely torched them. San Francisco's scheme is very, very similar to that. And I think that they could put up big numbers if the cards are right. So I'm going to take the Niners big here, uh, and they'll cover the spread.
1: Um, We talked about it briefly earlier, but uh, you said this is their last tough game. But, you know, look, if they win this game and then they're at Washington, that's a no-brainer. But if they have to play the Rams that last week of the season, do you think Shanahan rests his guys?
0: You got two weeks off. I mean, I don't know. It's, don't, it's kind of a close call. Maybe you yeah, play them in the first half. Maybe. I don't know. It's
1: treated it like a preseason yeah, game. It,
0: and it also depends, like I said, do you want to play them in the playoffs? You know, I mean. Probably not. It's a good question. Hmm. I don't know. It, it, so, you know, that's, that's going to be an interesting debate I'm sure they'll have all year. But remember, San Francisco is really deep. Yeah. So a lot of guys that were going to play anyway already play. So <laughs> That's um, fair. That's fair. we shall see.
1: Yeah, We okay. shall see. My friend, I hope you have a, a safe travels. I know you're getting on the road today. So I hope you have safe travels. I hope you and the uh, the, the family have a wonderful Christmas, and uh, we'll look forward to talking right. to you next week.
0: Gene, as always, happy holidays. Go get some eggnog. Enjoy it, and, uh, and we'll look forward to next week and our last show of 2023. How about that?
1: Dan Zapano here on Sports Country Radio. That is going to do it for us here this morning. I hope you all have a wonderful holiday, a great Christmas. Uh, we've got a horde coming here uh, starting Christmas Eve. We've got both my stepsons, my daughter, my daughter's boyfriend are coming down. So uh, the next week is going to be hectic here. We will be here next Friday. We're taking most of the holiday week off, but we will be here next Friday uh, to do our NFL show with Dan um, because uh, it's going to have a lot of playoff implications. So we, uh, I will take a break from the company because uh, they're going to be here through the 1st of January. So we will be here next Friday. We're going to leave you this morning morning and this holiday weekend with a uh, a duet uh reba mcintyre kelly clarkson silent night have a great christmas everybody we'll see you next week for our nfl show you've been listening to the wake-up call on sports country